the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Still no uniformity across the country when it comes to COVID-19 restrictions. Even as the Federal Centers for Disease Control and Prevention moved earlier this month to ease indoor mask-wearing guidance for fully vaccinated people, some blue states like Oregon and Washington are still holding on to certain long-time coronavirus restrictions. Officials in Oregon are split, some insisting life will soon feel like how it did in 2019. But first, more people need to get vaccinated. Others say the restrictions have lasted far too long already and people are tired of all the COVID-19 mandates. Bob Agner reporting. State police in New Jersey investigating an overnight fatal shooting with multiple victims at a South Jersey residence. Two people are dead and 12 people have been injured. It happened at a house in Fairfield Township about an hour outside Philadelphia. This is SRN News. Larry Elder sees a rising issue in the Democratic Party. Growing divide between the hard, hard, hard left of the Democratic Party and the normal left of the Democratic Party over the issue of Israel between the pro-Israel Democrats and the anti-Israel Democrats like Rashida Tlaib, AOC, Ayanna Presley, Ilan Omar. That's a coming cracker. The Larry Elder Show, afternoons at 5 on AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. You're tuned in to AM 1280, The Patriot. Weather for today, we got a high of 81 and thunderstorms likely throughout the day, moving into a low of 67 for tonight. Tomorrow, a high of 84 and a slight chance of thunderstorms throughout the day again with a low of 66. The mask mandate and capacity limits are no more. Decision-making is back in the hands of private business owners and individuals. For the latest on the economic impact and financial recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic, check out our sister station, The Biz 1440, your exclusive business station in the Twin Cities. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T-3, 2, 1. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls, 651-289-4488. If you'd like to weigh in via Twitter, feel free to do so. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Hashtag NarnShow for any comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. i got to kind of divvy up the uh, broadcast in a couple different sections here. First hour, we're going to talk a lot about uh, local issues, whether here in the Twin Cities or the state of Minnesota as a whole, and then the second hour will focus more on national stuff. So right out of the chute, we want to welcome our first guest to the broadcast, a longtime friend of the broadcast, Minnesota State Senator 
Michelle Benson, Republican out of Ham Lake, which is in Senate District 31, specifically representing parts of Anoka, Isani, and Sherburne counties. Uh, the Minnesota legislati- legislative session adjourned just under a week ago, and uh, legislative leaders, along with Governor Tim Walls, have agreed to a framework of a budget. But specifics, uh, that's forthcoming and apparently going to be voted upon and passed probably sometime in mid-June. So here to kind of give us some more insight as to what we could expect from said state budget is the aforementioned Senator Michelle Benson. Uh, Michelle, always great to have you on the broadcast. How are you? I am glad to join you today. Thank you for welcoming me. Absolutely. Well, as I, uh, as I said at the outset, Michelle, um, the framework of a budget was agreed to. Obviously, Senate Majority Leader Gazelka, Speaker Hortman, Governor Walls agreed to what they call a, a framework. Uh, the number, pretty good, <laughs> pretty sizable number, $52 billion. I guess we'll start right out of the chute. Um, one thing I know Leader Gazelka, who's been on the broadcast before, had, had indicated that tax increases, specifically with a projected surplus, absolutely had to be off the table. And apparently we uh, avoided tax increases once again, Senator Benson. Is that correct? Um, Yes. The governor had proposed, uh, again, ridiculous tax increases. And until those were off the table, uh, we couldn't move forward on making decisions with a live within. We've got what Minnesota is one of the highest tax states in the nation, and it is just ridiculous with, you know, abundant reserves, right. uh, surplus, and billions of federal dollars coming in that we would turn to Minnesotans and say, hey, we need some more. So uh, some of the aspects that were addressed in this particular budget, I know was addressed throughout the session, a surprise some business owners received was when they took advantage of the Paycheck Protection Program. Obviously, when the pandemic hit last year, uh, businesses were kind of taking it in the shorts, trying to stay afloat, and the federal government offered uh, relief funds in the in the form of this Paycheck Protection Program. And what was later ascertained by a lot of these business owners is uh, the conformity for the federal wasn't the same as the state level. Basically, they were going to be taxed on this uh, particular money that was coming in. How was that uh, eventually resolved? Um, it will be resolved in a forthcoming tax bill. Um, it could have been resolved in January if the Democrats in the House had decided they were going to cooperate. Um, it is unconscionable that the federal government would assist business owners who, by the way, had to continue paying their employees, had to continue their operations to the extent they could. You know, we're talking sure. about pharmacies who couldn't have people walking in the doors and chiropractors who couldn't be taking patients. And manufacturers who had to do pauses and restarts, they expected that they were getting this help because of COVID. Right. They didn't expect that Minnesota would now stick their hand in and take some of that for the benefit of a bigger government. So, yes, Paycheck, Paycheck Protection Program Relief will be part of the tax bill. It is part of the framework. And, of course, with uh, the uh, filing deadline for uh for income taxes recently having come and gone, does this mean people have to file for extensions, revisions? I mean, how does that particular uh, aspect of it work? Um, if they didn't file an extension from May 17th, there'll have to be some sort of revision. Now, there is conflicting information. The Department of Revenue says they can do it administratively, but we're getting other guidance that says there might need to be a refile. And so those details need to be Okay. Well, uh, 
I guess let's switch to uh, some other aspects of this budget, particularly, obviously, police reform. Uh, they, the one-year anniversary of uh, of the George Floyd's death uh, is coming up this week, and obviously a lot of people have been talking about, well, even before then, they were talking about some sort of police reform, and it certainly ramped up in earnest in the uh, in the aftermath of George Floyd's passing, and it was something that I know the legislature was going to take on. Uh, this legislative session, uh, I know that a lot of uh, elected officials, uh, particularly on our side, hesitant to, or I guess it depends on the policy position, are hesitant to implement policy into budget bills. So uh, how did that eventually shake out the session? Um, well, I will tell you the House uh, in my budget target and unfortunately in the judiciary budget target had massive amounts of policy. So the Senate judiciary budget is up against huge policy. And there are activists on the left who want us to hold, who want the Democrats to hold up the state budget until they get the police reforms they want, not police reforms that have necessarily been proven effective in other places, not police reforms that let the police continue to do their job, but the most extreme left police reforms. So we're going to add on to what was done last summer with some common sense things that will hold police accountable, support the police when they need support, and let Minnesotans feel safe, particularly, I mean, you've been watching, as as everyone, what's going on in downtown Minneapolis. Yes. Three kids in the last week shot a horrible Friday night, or I believe 10 people were shot, and at least two of those people died. Mm-hmm. And so follow the left on the defund the police movement. But we do need to make sure that police respect the citizens they serve sure. and are held accountable when they don't. But that means we're going to need to support them. So in very high-stress positions, it changes a person. So how do we make sure that they have the training they need and the support they need and then the high expectation that we all have for our police? Uh, one of the, uh, I know one of the issues that was being bandied about and passed out of the House was the legalization of marijuana. They actually had some bipartisan support. I, if I remember correctly, four or five Republicans maybe uh, signed on to this where there was a handful of Democrats that voted against it. So it wasn't specifically along party lines in the House. And I know it was a standalone bill. I don't believe the Senate uh, even took it up. Uh, is that something that is uh, a part of this framework uh, agreement in the budget where this could be one of the policy items included? What, what can you tell us about that, Senator Benson? Marijuana legalization is not part of this framework and will not move out of the Minnesota Senate. Okay. People who forward to the legalization of marijuana and it is um, gaining traction but as chair of health and human services i've seen some pretty serious consequences to health and human services operations and then also some law enforcement consequences for legalization so i am um, as much as the war on drugs is a significant issue in our inner city communities in particular, uh, going to full readily available legalization is a non-starter in the Senate. I think there might be more traction for lowering criminal penalties for adult casual use if you just happen to have some, lower the penalty, but certainly not carte blanche, make it okay. Um, it is It is a serious psychoactive drug, and it is not... Um, not working out well 
it's not meeting revenue projections. It is causing increases in accidents in places like Colorado. And so I think it needs to be um, certainly better vetted with the people of Minnesota. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I guess, uh, you know, we talk a lot about uh, the different crises and multiple crises that have occurred because of the COVID-19 pandemic that has been, we're a little over a year into it. Thankfully, it seems to be waning, but obviously the fallout uh, continues. Uh, One issue in particular was obviously the eviction moratorium, which uh, because people were uh, having difficult time making ends meet, uh, whatever the situation was, they were uh, given a grace period for paying rent, however long uh, that may have been. And I know some states were hesitant to allow that to keep going on because uh, while landlords in, in the minds of some or in the view of some are are, are looked at as these just uh, elitists who are throwing crumbs to uh, people trying to find a place to live, it's actually everyday people who are you know struggling to make ends meet themselves. So with that in mind, uh, what could you tell us about uh, how our legislatures handled the eviction moratorium? Senator Rich Draheim has been our lead, and he is he has been faithfully negotiating this for months and got to good compromise in the Senate. The language that he passed off the Senate floor had strong bipartisan support. And then um, when he got into negotiations with the House, it went off the rails. And so there does need to be an off-ramp. Um, but right now, the House DFL is not willing to compromise from their positions. And that means if the governor ends emergency powers, abruptly the eviction moratorium will um, will cease. And so the likelihood that the governor will end his emergency powers because he's going to want there to be a, a more gentle off-ramp. And so Republicans, led by Rich Draheim, Solid negotiations coming out of the Senate, bipartisan support, but the entrenched left, left in the House are just messing this up. There's a path forward, but uh, Speaker Hortman's going to have to lead on this and help get that bipartisan compromise to the governor's desk. One thing that uh, there was a, a, a worksheet or there was a, a statement released uh, kind of detailing the global, global agreement and working group framework between, again, Governor Walls, Speaker Hortman, and Senate Leader Gazelka, and there was one issue in particular that I know a lot of people kind of were kind of furled their brow at a little bit, uh, specifically number seven, I'll read it verbatim, any policy and finance provisions included in a final omnibus finance bill must be agreed upon by the governor, speaker of the House, and the Senate majority leader. So am I understanding that correctly, Senator Benson? There really isn't a lot of room for debate or amendments or what have you when you finally get an opportunity to vote on these uh, bills on the floor? Well, when they they will be agreed upon um, as we start closing them up, much like we did during all the special sessions coming forward. What concerns me is the governor inserting himself into the legislature. That shouldn't happen. Yes, there needs to be collaborative give and take, but the legislature is responsible for defining this. And as much as we know it has to be bipartisan, this means the governor can essentially line item veto policy. Oh, my God. And okay. that's concerning. The governor yeah. doesn't have line item veto for policy. And so I think this was – the intent was that everything that came to the floor would be something the governor could sign. I 
you know, there might have to be some things in there that make the governor a little uncomfortable. But if the House and Senate can agree to them, for heaven's sake, the governor should be able to sign it. Once again, we are joined by Minnesota State Senator Michelle Benson, she Republican out of Ham Lake, specifically Senate District 31, talking about the end of this most recent legislative session. Uh, Senator Benson, we appreciate your time today. We do want to wrap up with one final item. And obviously there was a, uh, an incredible uh, amount of federal funds, obviously specifically addressing the pandemic uh, that came that came in. And there has been a lot of haggling back and forth as far, to ha- as far as how to handle these federal funds. Obviously the governor having these emergency powers throughout the pandemic has uh, issued certainly a lot of guidance on how to handle the pandemic. And then, of course, Senator Gazelka said uh, last week that uh, part of the framework of the agreement is to put most of the federal funds under the control of the legislature to help recover from COVID. Um, Is that kind of the final word on this, or is that uh, still uh, something that we're going to be haggling over going forth? Well, we have to see that language. We have to see what kind of control and restrictions there are over that fund. Because right now, it's just never, never land. Um, the governor promised not to spend it. The legislature is working on language to give it a place to land. Um, so I'm I'm going to hold my breath and hope that, that we do get the $1.2 billion set aside for next year in case, you know, if there's not a federal infrastructure bill, we could use that for clean water. We could use it to support, um, you know, schools that might need some um, post-COVID recovery. Right. There are many things that we can do with that money. It's pretty flexible, including revenue replacement. So if we go into a recession, we could put that money aside for next year to make sure that we don't have to um, make drastic cuts or, God forbid, raise taxes. That money could be sort of ballast to keep things from moving one too far one way or the other. So uh, I need to see the language. I sit on the Finance Committee, and we talk a lot about how the legislature needs more control over federal funds. I wholeheartedly agree. I just need to see the language that's going to make it happen. Senator Benson, as always, we appreciate your contributions to this program. Best of luck going forward. Obviously, we'll keep an eye on uh, this special session once it is uh, eventually called. And uh, have a great rest of your Sunday. We appreciate it. Thank you. Be well. Thanks, Michelle. Appreciate it. AM1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Limitless access to intelligent talk. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities, but serve worldwide. We're in this together, and we will get through this together. The vaccines are tested effective and needed. Welcome to the clinic with Charm. Get your COVID-19 vaccine so we can do this. And this. And this. We are now boarding flight. Together again. Because we got through it together. This message sponsored by the Helmsley Charitable Trust, aired with the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. 
I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son, founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different metabolic pathway. That right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles may very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only nineteen ninety-five to see if it will work for you too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com. Why would you pay full price for name brand appliances when you can save big, big dollars at PJ's Appliance Outlet? Hi, this is PJ. Your tax return or stimulus check will buy more at PJ's Appliance Outlet. We carry a huge selection of brand new scratch and dent name brand appliances like LG, Whirlpool, Electrolux, Frigidaire, and many others. Our customers tell us all the time they drove from 45 minutes to over an hour away to save lots of money. Hundreds, sometimes thousands of dollars is what you'll save on brand new name brand refrigerators, ovens, dishwashers, microwaves, and washers and dryers. At PJ's Appliance Outlet, we take great pride in separating ourselves from those overpriced big box stores by simply providing over-the-top customer service on great quality products at unbeatable prices. Don't forget to also check out our Ilve handmade Italian stoves. Reinvest in your own home and get it for less at PJ's Appliance Outlet. Visit our easy-to-get-to Plymouth showroom today or find us online at pjsappliantsoutlet.com. That's pjsappliantsoutlet.com, where every deal is a steal. AM 1280, The Patriot, and iHeartRadio. They go together like stars and stripes. Listen at iHeart.com or with the free iHeartRadio mobile app. Welcome back. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Is me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Here to take your phone call, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And you can also uh, view the live stream of the broadcast at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. Just go to Facebook.com, do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network, and uh, there the Facebook page is, uh, you know, we're broadcasting live. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny, uh, some things that happen while you're doing radio, it's like, well, oh, good thing that wasn't broadcast. Well, now we've got a live stream up so you can see uh, how the sausage is made behind the scenes, including when I take a drink of water and accidentally spill a little bit on the front of my shirt. Uh, rather an artful, so... <laughs> If you happen to be watching the uh, live stream of that uh, at that time, oh, well, hey, that's the kind of stuff that can happen behind the scenes. But uh, I'm wearing a darker shirt, so it, and it's just water, so it's all good. Uh, but we want to uh, continue talking about uh, some local issues here in uh, in state of Minnesota, Twin Cities. And once again, thanks to Minnesota State Senator Michelle Benson for uh, checking in, kind of giving us an update on the end of the le- legislative session uh, she did refer specifically to police reform and did make an allusion to the violent crime spike that is taking place in Minneapolis, uh, particularly over the weekend. I believe it was, was a Friday evening out in the North Loop area where 10 people were shot 
uh, and three ended up dying, including a uh, young man who was slated to graduate from St. Thomas University. And the graduation ceremony was the next day, Saturday, which was yesterday. And there was his empty chair uh, in kind of paying homage to this young man who didn't get to walk in his graduation. I mean, it's just absolutely heartbreaking, the the many stories we're hearing, including uh, about uh, young young children now getting in the path of gunfire. Uh, care, or not care, this was Fox 9, Fox 9 uh, local news station on their website posted a story, including a video from a grandmother whose 10-year-old grandson was hit in the head by a stray bullet and is recovering in the hospital. Again, I'll read from the Fox 9 story. The grandmother of a Minneapolis boy shot in the head, actually late last month, uh, gave an impassioned plea to the community Monday asking why there wasn't more outrage about shootings involving children in the city. I'm just trying to figure out why this community is not angry, said the grandmother of 10-year-old Ladevian Garrett Jr., who is currently hospitalized at North Memorial Hospital after being shot in a vehicle with his parents. According to data from the Minneapolis Police Department, 19 children have been injured by gunfire so far in 2021, far outpacing the seven that occurred during the same time period in 2020. The most recent case came over the weekend when an eight-year-old girl was shot while playing in her yard. Um, And you know, as this story was published, literally a day or two later, you had a story of a six-year-old girl. This would have been on um, Tuesday, uh, Tuesday, May 18th. So literally the day after this story was published, Within, actually, within hours after this story was published on Fox 9, a six-year-old, a young, a young girl named Anaya Allen, was hit by a stray bullet, shot in the head. Uh, her, she and her family were driving home from McDonald's. I mean, this is just a little family outing, just going to McDonald's, you know, something little kids. You know, heck, me as an adult enjoys a, as a, a, a McDonald's hamburger once in a while, too. But a family outing to McDonald's, as routine as it gets, except if you happen to be in North Minneapolis these days, and was hit by a stray bullet in the head, which made her the 20th child injured by gun violence in Minneapolis this year. Uh, Anaya's mom, uh, Antrice, she, uh, again, this is actually from uh, uh, Christiane Cordero, WCCO-TV news reporter. This is her Twitter feed as she was uh, updating the situation. Uh, Anaya's mom, Antrice, felt a mix of grief and anger since she carried her six-year-old daughter into Hennepin County Medical Center on Monday evening. It shouldn't be Black Lives Matter just when a white cop shoots one of us. People should be marching in the street demanding better for my daughter. Oh, we're going to get into that. And by the way, um, the grandmother whose quote I cited on that Fox 9 story, the grandmother of 10-year-old uh, Ladavian Garrett Jr. Uh, let's see if I can find her name uh, for the record. Sherry Jennings. Uh, by the way, you, yeah, you can go to Fox 9's website, find that story. She gave a seven-and-a-half-minute impassioned speech. Yeah, she, she, she basically echoed the same sentiment. You know, why, why, why are people in the community standing up and demanding no more? 
Is it only when when police kill us? Are we not supposed to talk about when other black people with guns are shooting us? Is that is that something we're not supposed to talk about? Again, that's not me talking. That's that's Sherry Jennings, his grandmother of a ten year old Ladavian Garrett Jr. She was saying this. Anaya Allen's mother, Atrice, was saying this very thing as well. And Christiane Cordero posted on her Twitter feed uh, pictures of this little girl, six-year-old little girl, absolutely heartbreaking. Um, She ended up passing away, sorry to say. So where are are all the calls for, hey, uh, Anaya Allen, say her name. Do we only do we only in, invoke the say her name when it's a when it's a when it's whitey or a white cop killing a black person? Is that the only time we invoke that? Or can we not can we not discuss that? Can we not can we not invoke that conversation? I want to know. And again, I've been on I've been fully on the record saying Derek Chauvin got exactly what he deserved. I felt he was I I I felt like that he was correctly convicted of and found guilty of second degree murder. Initially I thought that may have been an overcharge, but as the as the case went on and more evidence came to light, you know, I was fine with the with the verdict that they handed down. Okay? So I'm not I'm not defending white cops, you know, killing black people at all. Okay? If 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 it's not justified, I have I have zero issue saying so. But when it's incidents like this where 20 children thus far this year, I mean, do the math. That's four per month. That's one every week. One child every week being shot in Minneapolis. And yet we don't see these huge protests up and down the street. We don't see these uh, autonomous zones being blocked off in their name. It's despicable. And I, and again, kudos to Anaya Allen's mother and Ladavian, Ladavian Garrett Jr.'s grandmother for, for basically saying this. Says, where is our community? Where are the activists in this community? Why aren't you all outraged? Why, why, why are you standing here instead of being at the hospital and demanding enough is enough? We're not enough of seeing our young children coming here. Why can we can we can we have this conversation? Can we ask this question? So Anaya Allen, six-year-old, beautiful little girl, beaming smile, gone because of a stray bullet. Say her name, Anaya Allen. Back in a moment. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. 
to buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you. All you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-555-2085. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085. Now that spring is here, your windshield may be exposed to a few more uh, hazards. So trust your repairs to Advantage Auto Glass. Hi, John Wichko here, owner of Advantage Auto Glass. I'd like to invite you to finally get that chipped or cracked windshield fixed right the first time. You root for your home team, so why not trust your windshield to your hometown repair shop, Advantage Auto Glass. So give us a call today at 952-423-6396 and we'll replace your windshield with only the highest quality parts and adhesives. Or if you call your agent or your claims line first, make sure you tell them you want to work with Advantage Auto Glass and no one else. Call Advantage Auto Glass today at 952-423-6396. And don't forget, you can schedule your appointment on our website at ReplaceMyWindshield.com. That's ReplaceMyWindshield.com. Warning, warning, warning. Once you taste the Rack Shack's Patriot Burger, other burgers will never measure up. Hey, I'm Nick Anderson, General Manager of AM1280 The Patriot, and we've partnered with my friend Keith Hitner Sr. from the Rack Shack Barbecue to create a burger worthy of the Patriot name. It's a half-pound burger that's red, white, and blue through and through. American cheese on top, and the American flag proudly waves over the bun. The Patriot Burger comes with your choice of any of our delectable sides, like our famous hand-cut fries, all just for $12.80. Best burger in town as far as I'm concerned, and it's $12.80 anytime, any day. Try today at the Rack Shack Barbecue at the Cedar Cliff Center at Nichols and Cliff in Egan. Be careful. Once you try a Patriot Burger, you may never go back to a regular burger. That's the Rack Shack Barbecue at RackShackBarbecue.com. Get that Rack Shack attack. Rack Shack Barbecue. Oh, yeah. Welcome back. AM 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. Here to take your phone call, 651-289-4488. Let me issue, uh, let me issue a, uh, a caveat, disclaimer. I'll take your phone calls if they're on topic. How about that? If they're on topic. And we'll also uh, take your comments, hashtag Narn Show, hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions, as well as uh, on our Facebook page. Just go to Facebook.com. Do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network, and uh, you can see the live stream and the video here. Um, Dan uh, is uh, posting some video uh, about with Sidney Powell. Sydney Sydney Powell, sorry, Dan, Sydney Powell has zero credibility because when she was sued for multi multi millions by Dominion, by the folks who manufactured the Dominion, Dominion voter machines, her defense was no reasonable person would have believed her outlandish claims about what she was talking about when she was allegating, uh, alleging these voter fraud claims. Okay, so if you're still clinging to Sidney Powell, I can't help you. Okay, uh, all due respect, uh, but I'm not talking about uh, any um, anything having to do with voter fraud because there really isn't anything of substance. There's something that came up 
Fulton County in Georgia. And as that story develops, I may have something to say about it. But right now, I, I really don't. And it's off topic. So, you know, I'm not taking any calls on that. So, sorry, not sorry. Anyways, talking about uh, the city of Minneapolis, uh, as of last week, 20 children have been hit by gunfire, far outpacing the 20, uh, 2020, when I believe there was uh, seven in the first four months. Okay, and now it's 20. I mean, that's that's one per week thus far this year. Okay, so, I mean, that just, that's not acceptable. And, you know, again, we hold these big demonstrations if, if you know, there's something that happens, you know, in front of the camera. What we saw with George Floyd was despicable. And due process and justice was served. Derek Chauvin convicted of, of second degree murder. Okay. But why isn't that same outrage put forth when, when it's black children being hit by stray bullets by gunfire? What's the source of the gunfire? How, how can that, how is that not being rooted out? Okay. I mean, you know, we, we get the obligatory calls for, for gun control. I mean, the left, that's just their knee-jerk response. Anytime there's a shooting, it's like they talk about gun gun control. we got to get the guns. Well, the problem is every single bill that you ever propose is not going to stem the tide of the gun violence we're talking about. You know, our friend of the broadcast here, uh, Reverend Tim Christopher, who walks the streets of North Minneapolis, is a uh, minister at Brian Baptist Church right there, uh, Brian Missionary Baptist Church right there in North Minneapolis. He walks the streets doing outreach. And part of his outreach is to approach these, basically, uh, some of them are gang members even, saying, look, stand on the corner, selling drugs isn't going to get you anywhere. You know, us killing each other, that's not going to get you anywhere. And... He gave a riveting testimony, if you remember it, just a little more than two years ago before the House Judiciary Committee, basically saying, look, you got these teenagers that have these huge, that have these just unconscionably looking guns. And Reverend said, you know, they've got guns bigger than my gun. And so until we find out how 16-year-olds are getting these AKs or whatever kind of weapons that they're, that they're carrying around, this is going to continue. Because at the end of the day, when you pass any kind of red flag bill or, or background checks, these guys that are doing the shooting in North Minneapolis where kids are being hit by stray bullets, background checks, red flag laws is going to do nothing to stem the tide of that, that gun violence. It's not going to do anything. So until you're serious about addressing the issue, Unfortunately, this is going to continue to happen, and and God bless these these women, you know the mother of uh, the six year old and I Allen and the grandmother of Ladavian Garrett Jr. Saying you know we shouldn't be out here you know we should be out here marching for these kids these are kids this is our future you know they can make an incredible impact in our society our neighborhoods where we live and try to raise our families instead of worrying about if we're going to survive the next round of random gunfire. Okay, these kids shouldn't have to worry about that. Crying out loud, this this little Naya Allen, I, it's heartbreaking. 
just coming home from a family outing to McDonald's. You shouldn't have, but you shouldn't have to worry about stray bullets. But here they, but here it is. And Christiane Cordero made an excellent point. Uh, the mother of an I, Allen, again, a woman by the name of uh, Antrice, uh, I think her last name Cease, S-E-A-S-E, Antrice Cease. She felt the need to add, we don't mess with drugs or gangs or anything, while explaining her daughter getting shot by a stray bullet. No, I mean, how awful and heartbreaking that black women, particularly black mothers, they, they, they even have to feel the need to, to, to issue that kind of clarifying statement. I mean, these are just folks who live in this neighborhood. And we're supposed to automatically assume that they're a questionable element just because they live in that neighborhood? That's despicable. And so, again, to their credit, we we need to stop. We, we need to continue to show up, not just when it's the police, particularly the white police officers, that we feel are doing unconscionable things, which, again, I'm all for all for protesting that. If it's a if it's an unjustifiable actions by the police, absolutely we need to call that out. No question about it. But is it any less noble to point out the fact that kids are being shot? And we need to find the root cause of that? And how do we stem the tide of that violence? And it starts with how are these how are these guys in this neighborhood getting these guns. A lot of them, when they are caught, have criminal records a mile long. How are they getting those guns? Okay? Because I got to tell you, red flag laws and background checks wouldn't have prevented them from getting those guns. But again, when when the knee-jerk reaction is, well, we got to get the guns. We just got to get the guns. We've got to pass gun control without even understanding the impact or lack thereof it would have. You know, I, I can't help but think of a uh, op-ed that a young man wrote, he, uh, Marcus Hunter II. He lives in North Minneapolis. Uh, wrote a very riveting op-ed in the Star Tribune in early March, and the headline of it said, "I live in a cemetery called North Minneapolis." And I'll and I'll read it. It's a pretty, it's a quick read, but very powerful, very riveting, and I got to admit, pretty heartbreaking. Uh, again, Marcus Hunter II, I began the walk home from my daily workout on a Tuesday evening. I stepped outside to the deafening sirens of a police car and a paramedic's vehicle racing down the street just past me. As I walked down the street, I glanced to my right to see white and green balloons tied around the midsection of, a, of the trunk of a tree. Below the balloons, flowers and candles rested at the base of the tree. I walked with urgency until I reached my street. I noticed a swarm of red and blue police lights flashing in the distance. My heart dropped. I felt a sickening pain in my stomach. I saw a black man being carried into a paramedic's vehicle on a stretcher. There was yellow tape surrounding the scene, which notoriously means crime. I had seen countless scenes just like this one displayed on the news. Most often, someone was pronounced dead. People who seemed to be the man's family members stood on the steps of their home in shock. They were gazing upon the scene and attempting to comfort each other. The misery on their faces filled my heart with sorrow as I hurried past the scene, now desperate to get home. I walked the eight houses home and locked the door. I thought, not again. Hours later, there was news coverage regarding the shooting. Two people had been shot. One was in critical condition, another dead. The shooting, as reported, happened just nine minutes before I walked past the scene. I was angry and confused. 
Ten minutes was potentially the only thing that had prevented my own death. Later, as I walked down the street, I saw another tree assigned to a newly lost life at the hands of our community. Many Northside trees bear the names of victims of gun violence. Those names include my own father's. His blood also ran through the streets in North Minneapolis. He was shot, robbed, and killed. His body was left lifelessly slumped over the steering wheel of his car. Now he has his own tree. As a black teenage male, I no longer feel safe in my community. After the killing of George Floyd and the reduction of the Minneapolis Police Department, there has been uncontrollable crime in this city. Bullets fly through the streets, into cars and walls. There is constant gunfire day and night through heat and cold. I fear for our community when temperatures increase and summer rolls around. It seems there is no one to turn to for safety. It feels like my death is already written on the sidewalks here, and as I have an hourglass above my head, monitoring the time left before my life is taken. It seems as if all hope is lost. If I remain living here, it may cost me my life. I do not feel that I can stay in North Minneapolis over the summer. I live in a cemetery with trees as tombstones for those who have fallen victim to gun violence. Families visit trees as you would visit the grave of a loved one. In a cemetery, there are people who died of old age and disease. In North Minneapolis, the tombstones I see are for people just like me, young, black, and male. When I look at a tree, I can imagine my name in a picture of my face on it with balloons. Below the balloons, flowers and candles rest at the base of the tree. Visualize yourself across from a cemetery. Imagine how you would feel every morning walking down the street and looking at fresh graves increasing weekly. It's not fun. It's hard to think that you are unsafe in the place you call home. I fear that I will be another news story, another body, another body bag, another statistic. I fear that I will have a tree with my name on it. Again, that's uh, Marcus Hunter II, lives in Minneapolis, teenage black man, black boy. Heartbreaking, just heartbreaking. That th- These are the circumstances that they live with each and every day. And kids are not safe to even play in the backyard. For crying out loud, you had, uh, I mean, revisiting that uh, Fox 9 story, there was an 8-year-old, you know, just shot playing in his backyard. I mean, I remember as a kid, that was the that that was the safest thing you could do is just is just go outside and play with your friends and not have a care in the world. And all of a sudden, I, I, I just unassumingly just playing along and a bullet hit you. I mean, I grant I, I get it; it wasn't meant for the child. But when when these gun battles are taking place, you're not saving your own home. I mean, I hear stories of how residents make a conscious decision, especially in the summer at nighttime, to go on the upper levels of their home, the upstairs. Why? Because if gun battles are taking place on the streets, the stray bullets are most likely to go into the main levels of the home. So they figure, well, at least in the upper levels of their houses, they have a fighting chance. And to think you have to live that way in your own home? But yet, the calls for the for defunding the police continue. How how I mean, you've already pretty much reduced the morale of police in the aftermath of the George Floyd incident to the point where where they're leaving in droves, taking early retirement, maybe leaving the profession altogether. And if you are able to replace them, 
there isn't exactly a huge line out the door applying for these jobs. And this is what you're getting. You know, again, in our chat with Senator Benson, she alluded to in the North Loop, a shooting that uh, there was a shooting that took place that 10 people were shot and three ended up dying as a result. There are some more, hopefully not, but there's some more that could potentially die of their wounds. Let's hope that doesn't happen because there's been enough carnage. But again, just the just the knee jerk calls for gun control and red flag laws and background checks. Are, are are you are you even honestly scrutinizing the circumstances of these shootings? Because if you are, you wouldn't be reaching these conclusions because you'd know the legislation you're proposing isn't going to do a darn thing to address teenagers getting their hands on an AK or whatever kind of guns they have. Are, are we going to finally have these conversations? I mean, what's it going to take? to finally have these conversations. I mean, I'm glad we could have an honest conversation in the aftermath of George Floyd's killing. I mean, the, the video was pretty apparent and pretty shocking. So it forced people to have conversations, whether they wanted to or not. And that wasn't necessarily a bad thing. But again, as these women, the grandmothers and mothers are saying, why is it just when there is a police shooting? Why can't we have honest conversations when it's each of us shooting each other? Why is that taboo? Honest question here. Why? Until we can honestly answer that, I, I I don't see how this is going to be quelled at all. And that's heartbreaking to me, especially as uh, as summer's approaching. Uh, we have one more segment this hour, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And we are doing a live stream of the broadcast on our Facebook page. Just do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network on Facebook.com. Back with one final segment this hour with me, Brad Carlson. Go nowhere. AM1280, The Patriot. Cool voiceover. Zany sound effect. Uh, We were going to write a flashy promo about streaming us at Radio.com, but considering how easy it is to do, we'll keep it simple, too. Listen to The Patriot on the free Radio.com app. I'm Dr. Baker, an ER physician. If you're having leg pain, swelling, or redness, but haven't talked to your doctor yet, don't wait. This could be deep vein thrombosis, a blood clot which could travel to your lungs and lead to a pulmonary embolism, which could cause chest pain or discomfort or difficulty breathing and be deadly. Your symptoms could mean something serious, so don't wait. Talk to a doctor right away by phone, online, or in person. Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. For the life of your home, visit thinkami.com. Do you get an icy cold shower every time the dishwasher runs? Either your water heater's on its last legs or it's not built for the demands of your household. Call the water heater experts at Air Mechanical. They'll help you see if a repair will do the trick or you need a replacement. Whether it's a tankless or traditional tank-style heater, Air Mechanical will install what you need. Newsflash, mosquitoes, and the sweltering Minnesota summer heat will be here soon. Is your air conditioner ready? Schedule your AC tune-up now with one of Air Mechanical's professional technicians. Save 15% off this and other services when you become an Air Mechanical Total Solutions member. Total Solutions membership allows you to choose what you want to cover for just $10 a month. Family-owned and operated since 1985, call Air Mechanical or schedule online at thinkami.com. That's thinkami.com. For the life of your home, visit thinkami.com. 
I am Staff Sergeant Mark Anthony I am Madrid. Staff Sergeant Samantha Cowell. Staff Sergeant I am Alex. Staff Keeley. Sergeant William Lewis, and I am proud to defend my family and our nation. The Air Force Reserve is part of the story of this great nation. I'm grateful that I have a chance to wear the uniform of the heroes that went before me. I am proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference in the world. Every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as reserve citizen airmen. Even as technology evolves and changes, our commitment to defend and protect this nation remains steadfast. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving. We celebrate our proud history and look towards an exciting and uniting future. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. And I am proud to be a member. And I'm proud to serve in the United and States. And I am Air proud Force. to protect our country. Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com. Salem Surround partners with your business to deliver custom digital marketing solutions. Surround your target audience wherever they engage, search, surf, socialize, or review to keep your business top of mind. Learn more at Minneapolis.SalemSurround.com. Welcome back. AM 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. One final segment this hour. Thanks, for as always, for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. Uh, we do have a phone call, line one. Bob from Shoreview is calling in. About a, got about a couple minutes left this hour. Uh, go ahead, Bob. You are on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Uh, yes, I had to drive a busload of high school kids down into the George Floyd Autonomous Zone. They were going into uh, the Fire Arts Center, which is inside the zone. Okay. So I had to sit there in my bus and wait for a while for them to finish. And I was at the northern border where the guard shack is. And I was thinking, even civil rights leader Martin Luther King didn't have the several blocks around the Lorraine Motel in Memphis, Tennessee, where he was assassinated. They didn't have that cordoned off as an autonomous zone, as a memorial. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't he do a little more to advance the civil rights movement than George Floyd? Instead, they installed this plaque at the motel, and it has his name and dates, but they put this verse on it. It said, Genesis 37, they said to one another, behold, here comes this dreamer. Let us kill him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. I mean, that's an amazing verse for Martin Luther King. And they could do something similar for, for George Floyd, put up a real nice uh, bronze plaque memorial. And, you know, instead of what they got done then, now those people want to get back to living life normally. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, it, uh, interesting point you bring up, Bob. One thing I was talking about, just I mean, just the other day, just in casual conversation with other people, it's, you know, what kind of lawsuit is the city potentially facing if, say, an emergency vehicle needs to get to some someone's home and administer emergency medical care and they can't get there because this is blocked off and say they don't get there in time? I mean, that seems to me like that's a lawsuit just waiting to happen. And, I mean, we've heard of stories of this, too, about rampant crime taking place in the area where police cars can't even get through there. So, yeah. Well, they have a movable barrier, one on wheels, that they can open up. Okay. So so you're saying it makes it more palatable for vehicles to get through then? I mean, would they be amenable to letting police vehicles through 
I mean, that seems to be the whole purpose of putting together this uh, autonomous zone is to, you know, uh, kind of a one giant protest against the police. I don't know, but, um, you know, instead of Black Lives Matter, which, you know, we know that's true, we need to start a new movement called Black Fathers Matter, BFM, because it's the absence of fathers that's the biggest root of all these problems. Yeah, I mean, that that's an excellent uh, excellent point, Bob. I appreciate the phone call. And that's one thing that Black Lives Matter, the organization, conveniently removed from their website where they were talking about smashing the patriarchy. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Um, black families who's who are you know have the nuclear family in place, a mother and a father, along with the kids, uh, the kids are multiple times less likely to be involved in any kind of violent crime or see jail time. And that's just that's true of uh, families across the board, but statistically it shows black families. Yeah, so that's certainly uh, uh, an, an issue, and it's something that I don't know if it gets talked about enough uh, in a black community. Uh, but I know there are some prominent members who are talking about it, absolutely, and, and kudos to them for that. And, and that's that's another, and you reminded me to bring something up, is when you talk, some of these people who get so morally offended when you retort, you know, when they say, well, black lives matter, and you retort with, well, all lives matter. And people then will correctly say, well, all lives don't matter until black lives matter. And that's unequivocally true. I, I don't. Deny that one iota. That is true. But as we have seen with these young children being gunned down in North North Minneapolis, where in the city of Minneapolis as a whole, it's been 20 children this year, an average of one per week. You know, do all black lives matter? I mean, do, do these lives matter? And again, this was the mother and the grandmother of some of these victims calling out the community. Saying, why aren't we why aren't we lining up and demonstrating in front of the hospital where they're recovering, fighting for their lives? Do their lives matter? So that's the same question too. Do all black lives matter for those who get so morally offended when you say all lives matter? Just a food for thought. Hour number one in the books, hour number two coming back in mere moments, AM twelve eighty the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Back in a few. Catch up on the latest news and information affecting Minnesota's great outdoors with Outdoor News Radio. We talk hunting, fishing, and natural resources in the great state of Minnesota every Sunday morning from 8 to 9 a.m. Joining me, Rob Jerisline, our guest like bow hunting expert, Tony Peterson, professional anglers like Tackle Terry Tuma and Tim Lesmeister, and nature gurus like the bird chick, Sharon Staler. Join us for Outdoor News Radio. Every Sunday morning at 8 on our sister station, Freedom 1570. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do something something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-884-9018. 800-884-9018. 800-884-9018. That's 800-884-9018. 
The trees are blooming, robins are singing, and bugs are flying. Must mean the heat of the summer is on the way. Time to take advantage of Standard Heating's Beat the Heat Sale, two sweltering promotions that won't make you sweat. Save $1,700 or more off the purchase of an air conditioning and furnace combination. Or save at least $1,000 on a multi-head ductless system. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is a family-owned and operated business with 91 years of serving the Twin Cities community, servicing over 500,000 homes. Take advantage of these Beat the Heat specials with AC and furnace savings starting at $1,700. Ask your sales rep about additional May savings. Hurry, these offers end May 31st. Go to standardheating.com for more details. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, providing the comfort you deserve since 1930. That's standardheating.com. Mention the Patriot. Standardheating.com. Now's the time to start thinking about your spring home improvement projects. Sandow Construction can give your home curb appeal with new siding. Sandow Construction is celebrating 30 years with a special offer. No interest on your project paid in full within 18 months. Minimum $5,000 purchase. Visit SandowInc.com for details. That's S-A-N-D-A-U-Inc.com. Call 888-534-6898 for details about credit costs and terms. For new accounts, the APR for purchase is 28.99% subject to credit approval. Celebrating two decades on air, this is AM 